Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Please open your Bibles with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. We're going to continue on our theme this afternoon, and I am going to be teaching on winning the fight of faith, and this afternoon we will do part two. Last week I ministered part one, and today we will finish our um, our theme on the winning the fight of faith. First Timothy chapter six verse twelve, reading from the New King James version, says, "Fight the good fight of faith." The apostle Paul is writing to one of his spiritual sons, and gives him uh, some guidance and instructions on how to live the life of faith. And he says to him, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Let me say this in introducing once again my message, that in the process of taking hold of what Christ came to give us, and experiencing the blessing of the Lord, we need to apply our faith in God's promises and resist everything that opposes or contradicts the Word of God. What really matters in this fight of faith is the living Word of God. The Word which was revealed to us by the Holy Spirit and made it our very own. Holding on to that word and refusing to believe or accept as final outcome anything or anyone that says anything different from what the Word of God promises us. Now, this includes, of course, natural circumstances that we may find ourselves in it. And more often than not, It also includes our own physical senses. What we feel and what we see more often than not contradict the promise of God or the Word of God. It also includes our own intellect or our own natural mind as well as other people's opinion about the matter. Now, this is what the good fight of faith is all about. We hold on to the truth of God's word regardless until we see the manifestation of our faith. I recall my own experiences when God has spoken to my heart and revealed his word to me, how I had to fight my own fight of faith 
and hold on to that promise or that word that was given to me by the Spirit for dear life. When opposing circumstances were confronting me and telling me it is not so. Now, many times I had to reject and, and even resist the advice and the arguments I was given by my own parents, my own in-laws, as they fought with me and argued to dissuade me from keeping and following the word of the Lord, which I received. And I had to fight my own fight, just like you have to fight your own fight of faith in the situation and in the circumstances or in the calling that God has given you to fulfill. Now, the fights I fought and won by the grace of God in every one of these battles brought great rewards from the Lord, not only for me, but also for my family and for many other people. Being equipped through the knowledge of God's word and trained to fight in this fight of faith will enable us to win many battles and through that extend and establish the influence of God's kingdom in our own sphere of influence. That is why Paul said to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. In other words, lay hold on the life that Christ came to give you. Lay hold on the promises of God and the blessings of the Lord that belongs to you and I because of Christ's death and resurrection. Even though God has given this life and given us the blessing, the blessing cannot be experienced unless we are willing to engage in this fight of faith. Some of the things that I will be teaching this afternoon on this very subject, you heard me teach last Sunday, but because they are so important, they bear repetition. Here is a principle we need to understand. We don't grasp truth simply because we heard it once or even twice. We need to hear it over and over again and literally feed on it before it becomes part of us. This is where an area where many of us miss it because we assume we know truth simply because we heard it preached to us. If that was the case, all of us would be spiritual giants by now. Amen? Truth is only assimilated when we continually feed on it. And this is the principle that we must grasp. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith does not come by having heard, but by hearing and hearing, present tense. Jesus said to those who believed in him that if they continued in his word, they will know the truth and the truth will make them free. Knowledge of truth is assimilated by continuing 
in the word of the Lord and staying with it until it becomes part of us. So in winning our battles in the name of the Lord, one has to apply faith not only in God's ability, but also in his willingness to promote us and to reward us according to his word. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says that God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Learning how to fight the good fight of faith will bring kingdom promotion and exaltation both in the eyes of the Lord and in the eyes of men. We've looked at this verse once again last week. Let's look at it again. Proverbs 24 verse 6 says, For by wise counsel you will wage your own war, and in the multitude of counselors there is safety. Waging our own warfare against the enemies of our soul and overcoming them will adorn and beautify the gospel we proclaim and, of course, attract sinners to the Lord Jesus Christ. God does not want us to be passive when it comes to what he promised us. He delights to see us wage war against our adversaries who oppose the will of God in our lives in order to keep us out of our inheritance in Christ Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. To me, this scripture signifies a struggle. And this struggle is the struggle we experience in what God promised us versus the opposing circumstances, opinions, or experiences, our experiences or other people's experiences that contradict the promise of God. As long as we keep the fight in the realm of faith, the devil remains defeated. But if he succeeds in bringing this fight into this natural, physical realm, he will always have the upper hand. Now, let me explain that. What do I mean by that? You see, the natural realm is his domain, and he knows how to defeat us in that realm. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 calls him the God of this world. He is called the God of this world, which means he has the ability to manipulate the natural realm. He can open doors, he can close doors, he can cause circumstances in this natural realm because he has that ability to do it. He will always point you to the natural circumstances you find yourself in. He will point you to your physical senses. Check and see how you feel. He will highlight what you feel and what you see and will constantly bombard you with natural evidence telling you it is not so. He will elevate your physical senses above the word of God, suggesting that God lied to you or the promises he made do not apply to you. Now, 
when we are engaged in this fight of faith, paying attention to what the natural circumstances will tell us and believing what they testify, it will never change the situation, but rather enforce it. God equipped the believer through the Holy Spirit to be an agent of change in this world by bringing the will of God and the kingdom of God into this fallen world. Jesus taught us to pray this way. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The way we do this is by learning how to apply our faith. The spirit of faith always works in the unseen realm and deals with things that cannot be seen. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's the definition of Bible faith. We don't need to exercise faith for things which we can see and things that we already have. But we do need to exercise faith for the things which we do not yet see or we do not naturally or physically possess. Last week, we looked at in depth 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, and we're going to read that again. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, we, we've discussed the fact that seeing the invisible through the eyes of faith and focusing on the unseen releases the substance of faith, which in turn changes what is visible and brings what is invisible into this natural, visible world. This is the power of prophetic vision or prophetic revelation. God can only give us what we are able to see through our faith. The image we keep before our eyes is the image we will give birth to. Remember we discussed last week that the image on the inside of us must line up and agree with the truth of God's word before we receive answers to our prayers or before we see the manifestation of our faith. Proverbs 4 verse 21 says, do not let my words depart from your eyes. So we're not going to go into that. If you missed it, you can get the teaching on our SoundCloud. The second verse we will look at today in our study of fighting the fight of faith is recorded in Romans chapter 4, verses 17 through to 21. Proverbs 4, 17 through to 21. In these verses, the word highlights 
the power of the spoken word or the power of calling those things which do not exist as though they did. Simply put, through faith, we call into existence that which already exists in the invisible realm of the Spirit. Let's look at these verses carefully. Romans 4, verse 17 through to 21. As it is written, this is the word of the Lord to Abraham. I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded or convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Now, the scripture says that Abraham was 99 years old and his wife, Sarah, 90 years of age. Naturally speaking, it was impossible for them to have any children. Abraham, though, believed God against all hope and released the force of faith. How did he release the force of faith? By changing what was seen by changing the present circumstances. He released the force of faith by calling those things which did not exist as though they existed. What did he call into existence which did not exist? He called himself Abraham. The name Abraham means father of many nations or father of many because God said to him I have made you a father of many nations God didn't say to him I'm going to make you he said I have made you and that was when he didn't even have Isaac so Abraham called himself by the name that God gave him and he called into existence that which did not exist. Every time he introduced himself to someone, he would say, my name is Abraham, father of many. The word tells us that Abraham believed God's word and called himself father of many nations before he ever had a child. God said to him, I have made you a father of many nations. Therefore, your name will no longer be Abram, but Abraham. Furthermore, he said to him, I will make your descendants as the stars in the heavens 
and the sand on the seashore. The image of the innumerable stars in the heavens and the grains of sand on the seashore formed within Abraham an image of being a father of many. He saw himself as a father before he became a father. And he called himself a father of many before he became a father. Not after, but before. Now, by his faith, now you need to understand that this is how the substance of faith is released into a situation that contradicts the promises of God in order to change them to conform to the will and to the promise God has given you and I. By his faith, he called into being what God promised him. Let me ask you a question. Was he lying about it when he called those things which did not exist as though they did? by calling himself what God called him? Did he lie about it? Was he telling a lie? Think about that. Am I lying when I call myself what God calls me? Am I, li am I lying when I say, I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus even though I may not feel or look like I am. Am I lying about it? Well, not if I go according to the word of God, because in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, that God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Am I lying when I say I am healed by the stripes of Jesus, even though my body feels sick and painful. Think about that too. First Peter 2.24 says, By his stripes ye were healed. Not going to be, not maybe, it's God's will. He says, you were healed when Jesus received stripes. Faith calls those things which be not as though they were. That's how we bring into this physical, natural realm the manifestation of God's promises. Am I lying when I say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? Am I lying when I say I have what God says I have? Think about that. And this is where most Christians are defeated. Because they allow the devil to rob them of the blessing by looking at what is seen in the natural and calling it the way it is rather than what it should be. That's walking by sight and by feeling and not by faith. We, the Apostle Paul says in Second uh, Corinthians 5, 7, I think, we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, 
whosoever shall say, and not doubt in his heart, but believe, that is, believe in his heart, that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. When will he have it? When he says it. When he believes from his heart and says with his mouth what he believes in his heart, he shall have it. Amen. This is how we keep the fight in the realm of faith. By seeing the invisible, calling those things which be not as though they were. That's what Abraham did. And he is called the father of our faith. We are to imitate him. We are to imitate people who walk by faith and not by sight. They speak of things which do not exist in the natural as though they did. And through their faith, they bring things into this natural realm, which were always present in the unseen realm. You see, when you got born again, the Heavenly Father deposited into your heavenly account everything that you will ever need or require to fulfill his purposes on the earth. Everything. It's been put into your account. You have it. You're not trying to grasp it. You're not fighting to get it. You have it. But in order to bring it from the unseen realm into the seen realm where we can be where we can put it into use, we need to exercise our faith. We need to fight the good fight of faith and take hold of what has been deposited into our heavenly account. I, I trust that the Holy Spirit will give you understanding and revelation concerning what I'm sharing with you. By looking at the unseen and calling it into being, releases the substance of faith. And faith changes things by bringing them into harmony with the will of God. Therefore, we need to stop walking by sight, stop looking at what is seen, stop calling things as they are, because if you do, you're only enforcing what is already. If you keep doing that, you are piling up and enforcing what is and not what it should be. Start looking at the word of God, what God's word says about you and your situation and begin to call it into existence. We don't call things that we have. Why should you call them? You have them already. You feel it. You see it. Why should you call it? If you're missing your dog or your cat, you call him, you're not seeing him, but you call him and he comes when he hears his name. You don't call your dog if he's right there by your feet. Are you listening to me? If we're going to walk by faith and obtain what God promised us through the sacrifice of Jesus, the things which I'm sharing and teaching you right now are vitally important and necessary. Every step of faith I took, every battle I won came this way. By applying the principles of faith I'm sharing with you and denying my own natural mind or my own intellect or my physical senses, 
who opposed me and tried to cage me in to my natural limitations. I broke loose. How did I break loose? By applying faith, I climbed out of many a situation which limited me and constrained me in fulfilling the call and the will of God on my life. And let me say this to you. If you're going to fulfill the will of God and the purposes of God for your life, there is only one way to do it. And that is by faith. No other way. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith will transport you where the natural mind and the natural uh, strength cannot transport you. Amen? Are you listening to me? Just raise your hand and tell me that you are listening so that I know I can continue because I know I, you can't speak because you're muted. But um, I, I, I want you to get this. Faith will take you to places nothing else will. Not just prayer. Prayer that is prayed in faith and by faith. The word of God says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. So I have learned by the grace of God to apply faith, especially where my own life and family is concerned, because those are the spheres or the areas I have been given authority over. But when it comes to exercising faith, on behalf of other people, we need to understand that they also need to believe God and agree with us before we could see any results. In this area of fighting the fight of faith on behalf of someone else, I have failed many times to see any meaningful results. And to be honest and, and, and truthful about it, I lost many battles simply because I was fighting a battle on behalf of others and not for myself. You see, others' unbelief or doubt can and will hinder your faith. Even the Lord Jesus could not do any mighty works or miracles in his own town, the Bible says, because of the people's unbelief. Their unbelief stopped his faith from working on their behalf. And you can read that because it's recorded in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, verse 58. But as I look back over the years and the road I have traveled with the Lord, I can still see the many people I have left behind simply because they could not keep up. The walk of faith, folks, is not an easy one or a glamorous one, but one that is richly rewarded by the Lord Jesus. It often requires sacrifice, discipline, self-denial, and obedience to the call of God, and many are not willing to pay that kind of price. When you exercise your faith, and you win battles in the name of the Lord, you are exalted and promoted in the kingdom of God. Men may not think much of you, 
but God thinks very highly of you. To those who live by faith and work with what was given to them in order to extend and establish the influence of God's kingdom, they will hear the Lord one day say to them, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Let's pray. Let's pray that the word we heard will do his work in us by the Spirit, will change the way we think, will change our attitude concerning many things, will change the way we speak, and will enable us and empower us to walk and to live by faith. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us the gift of faith. Teach us, we pray, how to use our faith, fight the good fight of faith to which we were also called to. In doing so successfully, Lord, we know that we will bring glory to your name and we will advance and establish your kingdom in our spheres of influence. We ask this in Jesus' name and we thank you for it. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.